Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, brand new series of messages this morning called Back in the Day. This is a message series born of some deep introspection on my part. Uh, many of you have noticed, probably, I've been away for a few weeks. I haven't been here. I haven't necessarily been away, but I haven't been here for the last few weeks. Uh, and I've got all, I receive with love, all of the sarcastic comments and passive-aggressive comments and the, the texts and the emails, this is how our congregation rolls, and I love it, carry on with all that. Um, and some of you have been wondering, where is Bert? Is Bert okay? Is Bert leaving the church? Is Bert dead? What's going on with Bert? Bert is not doing any of that. We're all good. Um, but I did take some time. Uh, some of it was vacation time. For some of it, I actually went away to a week-long, like, therapeutic environment our management team here uh, kind of looked at me and said, you know, look, you've had a rough couple of years. They, they kind of voluntold me that I needed to go do that. Um, so, uh, and that was, and I'm, they were right, and I'm so glad I did, and I feel just refreshed and recharged and clear and ready to begin a new series of, uh, a new season of ministry. So I'm really, really psyched. But I also, I've been doing some reflecting because I am about to, uh, in, uh, in a little while, uh, this month actually cross a pretty significant milestone in my life. This month, I am turning 50. So that is crazy, but there it is. So I know, and I know, some of you right now, you're thinking, how does he look so good? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but I'm turning 50. So, I've, you know, when, when you hit a milestone like that, you're like, bro, Half century, y'all. You know, I mean, like, okay. So I've been thinking, and I've been reading journals from my younger years. I started keeping a journal when I was a teenager. Not faithfully, not every day, but in fits and starts, I would write things down, and I have all these notebooks throughout the years, that, and, I, and I've gone back and read some of that, and I keep having this recurring daydream. Uh, tell me if you've ever had this daydream. You ever had the daydream where you go back in time and you relive a portion of your life knowing what you know now? Anybody ever, ever wonder about that or, or think about that? Nobody, nobody creative, sad. Okay, so I have this daydream where once in a while I just go back and, I mean, you, you have something like that, don't you, that you regret that you would do differently? Like there's that girl you never had the guts to ask out or that that bully that you wanted to stand up to and you didn't and you kind of like you chickened out at something for the last moment and you, you, you regret it. Or that, that, that guy you totally should have avoided, you know, uh, whatever it might have been. That We all have a couple of things in our past. Man, we would do it differently if we had some perspective. We'd do it differently if we, know, if we knew what we know now. Well, pondering on that, I got to thinking, Albert Einstein believed that time travel was possible. And who am I to argue with Albert Einstein? So I'm going to go on the assumption that at some point in my life, in our lifetime, time travel will become possible. I don't know if it'll happen with a DeLorean, but at some point, I think we'll be able to send messages back through time. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. 
But for the sake of argument, that's where we're going today. And what I'm going to do this morning is I am going to preach a message that I might someday send back in time to my 15-year-old self. Anybody remember life at 15? (laughs) Some of you, if you are 15, this is going to be a great message for you. If you're a teenager, right in your wheelhouse. Um, This takes on significant uh, emotional depth for me because right now, my son is 15. So I'm reading my journals from back in those years and seeing these parallels. um, And it's just... This is a weird, I'm letting you know now, this is a weird sermon series, okay? And we're, this weird, even for me, this is weird. So what I'm going to do in a moment uh, is I'm going to turn to the camera, and I'm going to speak to the camera for several minutes and record a message that I will send back in time to my younger self. And that, so if you're watching at home, you're going to get a lot of eye contact normally in a, in a message. I, I, I kind of, I, I usually I'm talking to the room and I will look at the camera from time to time. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to be looking into the camera to record this message. And when I'm done recording it, I'm going to come back to you guys and then uh, we'll wrap up uh, kind of reviewing what I've told my uh, younger self. Okay, everybody ready? Yeah, I know. You're like, what on earth is this? I know. If you need to leave, it's okay. Okay, so here we go. Uh, all right, eye contact. I don't have one of those clapper thingies, but here we go. Bert, what's up? It's Bert. It's me. It's you. It's us. By now, you have learned that time travel has become possible. So I am sending this message backwards in time from the year 2021 to the year 1986, which is where you are. This is what you look like at 50. Okay, I know, don't freak out. You're all wondering, like you're wondering, that's crazy. Uh, You're wondering where our hair went. I know, it's okay. I used to have really long hair. It's okay. So uh, you're wondering where our hair went, and now you're wondering who I was just talking to. So uh, something else you need to know, you should sit. If you're not seated, sit. Sit down. You become a pastor. I know that that is nowhere on your radar right now. I know that you're not, that is the farthest thing from your mind. You're thinking about becoming a musician. You want to be a songwriter. Uh, You're working hard at that, and you want to play in bands for the rest of your life, and that's like what, that's your jam. That's what you want to do. Uh, And so this is, this is the furthest thing from your mind, but it's beautiful. You're leading a church now that's larger than any church you've ever been a part of. It looks and feels way different than any church you've ever been a part of, and you're going to love it. So I'm not going to tell you everything about what's going on in in our life over these years that passed between us, but that was something I thought it was okay for you to know. And I'm actually live in church now this morning recording with our congregation And after I'm done, I'm going to have to have a conversation with our tech guys about transmitting this media back to a VHS tape so I can send it to you. Because you don't have a DVD player or digital media yet. You're going to love DVDs. 
That's a thing. Um, but I'm going to send this back to you on a VHS tape so you can watch it. Now, I know a little bit about what's going on in your life because you are doing something very wise. You're recording things in a journal. You're writing things down about your life and about the context in which you live. So right now for you, it's 1986. You're a sophomore in high school. When you turn on the radio, you're hearing songs, uh, you're hearing songs like You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. Murmurs of approval from the audience. Uh, you're hearing songs like Broken Wings by Mr. Mister, and the number one song in the country right now for you is Manic Monday by the Bangles. When you go to the movies with your friends, you're horrified to learn that the price of a movie ticket has skyrocketed to $5. You can't believe they're charging $5 to see a movie. Enjoy the moment, brother. When you go to the movies and when you cough up your five bucks, you're seeing films like Aliens. You're seeing films like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, a timeless classic. And a little film called Top Gun that you're going to want to see in the theaters. And in between doing that and living your life and working at the hardware store and going to youth group, you're writing things down in your journal, which is brilliant because it enables you later in life, it enables me to see what you're thinking and to be able to sort of understand what's going on in a very real way in your life. Now, there are two primary things that are motivating you right now. Two things, and I know this because I'm reading it, there are two things in your life that you're kind of very, 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 um, I won't say obsessed with, but very focused on. And those two things, the first thing that you're, you're really focused on right now is figuring out who you are. You're trying to figure out where you fit in. And you kind of don't fit into any of the neat categories, you know? Uh, you're not, you know you're not a jock. You're not a new wave kid. You don't kind of fit in with the preppy kids. You don't really even fit in with the metalheads. You're sort of just, you're not sure where your people are. You love your youth group friends, and you got a little crew around you that's, that's supporting you, which is great. But you are trying to figure out where you fit in and who you are. And the second thing that you're very, very focused on at 15, as a sophomore in high school, you are focused on finding a girlfriend. That, that is a normal thing. That's, that's what most 15-year-olds are after. That's totally okay. So, so, but there's something you may not realize about both of these two points of interest. Both of these two things are underpinned by one commonality. There's something these two focuses have in common. They are both driven by something you may not be vocalizing to yourself yet. They're both driven by something called insecurity. You may not be too familiar with that word, but it's going to be something that you'll hear more often as you age. Insecurity is what's motivating you. The desire to be, to, to be affirmed and to be accepted and to fit in somewhere and to have a place. Insecurity is an important word because insecurity 
is the thing that makes obnoxious people obnoxious. Insecurity is what makes annoying people annoying. Insecurity is something you want to sort of deal with in your life on a pretty base level, and now is a great time to start. I'm speaking this into your life because you've recently written in your journal that someday you'll be grown up and you'll have it all figured out. And what you're assuming is that there is some magical finish line between adolescence and adulthood at which your insecurities are just going to simply vanish. You're assuming, like you're looking at grown-ups and thinking, they're grown-ups. They have their lives figured out. I mean, they must. They're adults. They're functioning. Surely somewhere between 15 and adulthood, there's a place where you just, by that point, you just have it figured out. And I'm sending this message back in time to let you know that is not the case. There is no magic line. In fact, most adults still feel like teenagers. I do. I can't believe the number of years that have passed between then and now. It's all gone so quickly. There is no magic line at which one just simply begins to feel like an adult. There is no magic finish line. There's no date on the calendar at which you suddenly have all your insecurities fully and finally dealt with. And that's important to know because if you don't deal with them at some point, if you just decide to keep putting that issue off, you will grow to be an adult primarily motivated by their insecurities. And there is nothing sadder than an adult who's primarily motivated by their insecurities. They're all over the place. We're all basically just overgrown teenagers. So how do you deal with your insecurities? How, how does one figure that out? For starters, lean in to your faith. You did something pretty radical a couple of years ago. You dedicated your life to Jesus in a pretty significant way. You, you learned that he always was your savior, but in that moment you invited him to be Lord of your life and you made a lot of changes. That's good, it's beautiful. Lean into that. And focus, if you will, on one verse in particular. Galatians chapter two, verse 20. I want you to check this out. Galatians chapter two, verse 20. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Another way to say that is, God made you. Let God define you. God made you. Let God define you. Don't spend any more time worrying about what group you fit into. Don't spend any more time worrying how uh, the way you dress, talk, act, think, and other things will help you to fit in with different groups. That's not who you are. It's not who you want to be. Let me say it differently. When you're motivated by your insecurities, any time you enter a social environment, when you walk into homeroom, when you sit down at the cafeteria table, 
when you interact with your friends in the hallway, when you go to work, when you go to youth group, when you see your family, anytime you interact with other people, if your insecurity is motivating you, the code that's running in the background for you is, how can I make these people help me feel better? How can I be funny enough that they'll like me? How can I be uh, generous enough? How can I be kind enough? How can I be the man? How can I in some way add value to the group so that they will affirm me and accept me and like me? That's what's running in the background. That kind of insecurity can follow you all the way through life if you don't get it dealt with. You don't have to operate like that. If your needs are met, emotionally speaking, if your needs are met in your relationship with God, and you know that it's God who defines you, when you enter any social situation, when you walk into homeroom, when you greet your friends at the cafeteria lunch table, when you see people in the hallway at school, when you go to work or go to youth group or interact with your family or wherever it might be, when you connect with other human beings as you are going to do, you can in that moment ditch that code. You can kick that code out and say, I'm not gonna operate like that anymore. Now, when I interact with my friends or my family or my coworkers or the kids at youth group, what the code, the code for me is gonna say, how can I be a blessing to somebody else at this table? How can I reach somebody who might be lonely? How can I do something to be a blessing in someone else's life? If you can pull that off, if you can learn that lesson at 15, you are going to experience a confidence and a peace that will change your life for years to come. And ironically, by focusing on this, you will be infinitely more attractive to the women around you in your life. Confidence is way more attractive than insecurity. So lean into this. The other thing I want to affirm in you and challenge you to keep up with is your generosity. You're starting to give. You work, you have a job, you're actually giving money away. That's beautiful, and you're doing it quietly, you're not telling anybody about it, it's anonymous and it's awesome, and, and you're writing it, in, and that's just what you wanna be doing. You want to keep that up because you've already discovered how good it feels. Something else you wanna play heads up on you know how every time we go to grandma and grandpa's house, grandpa is always harping on how you have to save your money? Like he's just a broken record. You go to grandpa's house, you're like, save your money, save your money, you have to save your money, are you saving enough money? Don't spend anything, save your money. And it's to the point now where you and, you know, you and your brother, you, you know, you're just like, ugh, whatever, grandpa, thanks. Thanks very much for that. Like, you're not even listening. You're just waiting until he gives you the five bucks that he always gives you because you're not going to save it. You're going to go spend it. That's what you're doing. Listen to me, okay? Listen to you. Listen to us. Grandpa was right. Grandpa was right, bro. Save as much as you can. If you are disciplined now, when you get, you will learn the miracle of two words you've never heard before in your life. The miracle of compound interest. 
If you're disciplined now with just steady savings of, of something, when you get to be me at my age, you'll be independently wealthy. Imagine the blessing you could be if that were true of you. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, can we do a little back to the future thing here? Show me the sports almanac page. Tell me what to bet on. Tell me what stocks to pick. I could totally do that, but I am not going to. Not going to. I'm also not going to warn you about the Terminator who's traveling back in time to kill you. <laughs> but I'm not going to give you what stocks to pick. I'm not going to tell you what to invest in and what sports events I'm not going to just help you become independently wealthy just like that because truthfully, that wouldn't be the best thing for you and that could take our life on a radically different path. And I kind of like the path that our life has taken. So work hard, be generous, save something, and let the God who made you be the one who defines you. You get that insecurity dealt with, you're going to impact a lot of people and it's going to be really beautiful. That's all I got for you now, buddy, but I'm going to see you again in six years. Take care. And cut. Okay. So, thank you. I don't know if I'll ever get to send that back to younger me, but wouldn't it be cool if you could? Okay, so, what am I saying to my 15-year-old self? What am I saying to my son? who isn't here and isn't watching. I know he's not watching because he's, he, he got his first job and he's at work. Very proud, yes. So that's his deal. Maybe he'll tune in later, I'm not sure. I told him I was doing this, so he's prepared. What am I saying to my younger self? Much the same as I say to, to our congregation on such a regular basis, you don't want to live an inward-bound life. You remember what it's like as a teenager, don't you? To not fit in, to feel like you don't know who your people are, to feel like you don't belong anywhere, to wonder if you have any real friends, to sometimes feel like you don't have any real friends, that loneliness, that, that, that bitterness that takes root, that deep sadness that can come over you. You enter every social situation, every emotional environment from a place of deep need. And you can't help it. You're not trying to do that. You're not trying to suck the life out of the room. You don't mean, nobody who's insecure means to be insecure. It's just that when you get to that situation, you can't help it. You, the hunger inside of you is so profound. The, the need is so deep and unspeakable that you can't help yourself but need to be affirmed and seek that, that, that affirmation where it may be found. But if we as adults, how many of you were really, dis if you're a grown-up, how many of you were really disappointed to learn along the way that there is no magic line at which all our stuff just gets figured out? I was bummed about that. I really thought somewhere along the way, like, I would just stop being insecure and I'd get this stuff figured out. Well, there is no magic line at which that simply occurs in your life. You and I have to deal with our insecurities the same way a 15-year-old might. We have to let the one who made us be the one who defines us. Now, you may not be sitting around wondering where you fit in anymore and who at the, at the, at the, the lunch table you're going to sit with. 
But I know for a fact that there are insecurities that mark just about every adult I know. And if we can address those things and we can say, my needs are met in Jesus. My needs are met in the God who made me. He designed me. He created me. He meets all my needs. My work on this earth now is to be a blessing to other people. My work on this planet now is to enter every environment in which I find myself looking to be a blessing to other people, looking to care for other people and help other people with their issues. Therein, and only therein, in outward bound living, in pouring out, in reflecting God's love and acceptance to the world around us, do we find our life's true purpose. That's what you were born for. That's what you were made for, to be a blessing to the world around you. And when you do, your, your tank fills up emotionally, you're full, you don't operate from a place of need, you operate from a place of abundance. Because he is a wellspring of life flowing up from within you to the world around you. And when that happens, you get to drink from that wellspring too. You yourself are filled up and whole. So, Maybe turning the corner from Labor Day weekend into the month of September, this is a good place for some introspection. You might say something different to your 15-year-old self. Write it down. Write your 15-year-old self a letter. Try that. See what comes out. See what you would say. And for you in the here and now, get those insecurities addressed. Live that outward-bound life. Good idea to be generous, good idea to save a little money. Those are good things too. But to me, the thing I want to get across mostly to my 15-year-old boy now and my 15-year-old boy from back in 1986 is God made you. Let God define you. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen? Amen. 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 With that, let's pray. <laughs> Father, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity to do something a little different in church today. We thank you for the scriptures that are just as relevant in 2021 as they were in 1986 and just as relevant as they were when they were written thousands of years ago. Thank you for the way they still speak to our lives. May we be people who live our lives from a place of abundance, knowing that you've met our every need, knowing that you made us and you define us. May this be so in my life. May it be so in all of our lives. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give. Or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word TRUENORTH to 77977 on your cell phone and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.